Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at community builders in crisis and ways to engage employees and the wider world. My guest this time is Michael Back, founder and CEO at the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion. Michael is an internationally recognised thought leader in the fields of diversity, inclusion and employment equity. Michael is also a panellist at the Feb 25th Community Builders in Crisis Summit, where he'll be contributing to a discussion around ways that we can actually continue to collaborate and communicate with our communities and get through the other side of the current crisis stronger than ever. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So beyond my reintroduction there, Michael, why don't you tell our listeners a bit more about yourself, uh, your career background, and what brought you to founding the CCDI? Sure. So I've been been working in diversity for about 15 years now. Prior to that, I spent most of my career actually working in IT uh, in various capacities. And I was actually in the IT consulting practice at KPMG in Canada when I had the opportunity to write the business case for creation of a role in diversity. And uh, they foolishly gave me the job and I spent uh, seven years in that job. Um, And uh, I also was the deputy chief diversity officer for KPMG globally for two and a half years. Um, And I sort of came to a point where I looked across Canada and uh, said, you know, what are we missing here? in the diversity and inclusion space. And I really felt that there was a a gap that could be filled by an organization that focused on the broad spectrum of diversity, but really was a a resource for employers to turn to, um, to to help with their DNI journeys. Okay, thank you. And we'll talk a little bit more later about uh, the kind of resources that you guys do offer. But before we get there, I understand that the CCDI tries to help employers and HR professionals by uh, by getting in there and helping them to effectively address the, the full picture of diversity and equity and inclusion within the workplace. Tell me a bit more about the mission. Yeah, so, you know, the, the reality is we live in the second largest physically, second largest country in the world um, and comparatively have a population that could fit into the United Kingdom twice. Um, so we have a challenge in just in the sheer size of the country and in the sheer uh, volume of groups that fall under this umbrella of diversity. So our mandate is to help employers uh, with creating inclusive workplaces. And we also have a a secondary mandate of educating Canadians on the value of diversity and inclusion, but most of our work centers around employers and and workplaces. And our objective is always to meet an employer where they are and help them to move along their journey, um, whether they're sort of at day one or they're far more advanced. Let's talk a little bit about your the, the session that you're joining at the Community Builders in Crisis Summit, if you don't mind. Uh, the, the, the current COVID restrictions have placed massive stresses on the, the avenues available to leaders of corporate and not-for-profit organisations at the moment. And there's also, of course, been huge so, social upheaval and change over the course of the last 12 months. From from what you've seen and from, from what you guys over at the CCTI focus on, 
what what have been the most important changes to how we work and the ways that we work together over the past year? Oh, well, that's a tough one to answer because it's been so significant. I would say that uh, the mental health considerations top that list. You know, the reality is that there's a lot of people who um, are now working from home by themselves with little to no social outlet. And for some people, that sounds fantastic. For others, it sounds like a nightmare. Um, and we're seeing the, the uh, impact of that on people's mental health. So we're, you know, that, that is bar none one of the biggest impacts. The other piece we're seeing is, is the sheer inequity that exists in society that uh, we knew existed before, but we didn't necessarily have a clear understanding of, of how the inequities existed. Um, and there was an article recently in uh, the Globe and Mail that the federal government's task force or advisory committee on immunization uh, from COVID-19 has uh, recommended that racialized adults should be prioritized. And it's causing a bit of a stir uh, amongst some people. But when you look at the numbers, there is no ambiguity. 79% of hospitalizations due to COVID-19 are of racialized persons. And in the city of Toronto, people of African and Caribbean descent currently experience the highest rate of COVID uh, infection comprising 29% of total cases, even though they only make up about 8% of the population. So we are seeing um, the cracks of inequity that um, you know, sort of existed in anecdote and in, in the darkness, in the shadows, uh, very much come into light. Okay, so I'm guessing it's been a busy a busy year for you guys. Do you, do you have any? <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> do, do you have any examples from CCDI and, and maybe some practical tips too in, in terms of uh, ways that you guys have helped those that you work with uh, in successfully providing solutions to communicate with their communities and and to engage with new communities in, in ways which are working pretty well. Yeah. So you know, to say that it's been a busy year is an understatement. COVID nineteen changed the landscape dramatically. However, um, it was really George Floyd's death that um, was the catalyst for change. Um, you know, things got pretty slow around here in March when employers were not focused on diversity and inclusion, regardless of whether or not they should be. Um, they were focused on, you know, uh, furloughing and, and all sorts of things. Uh, George Floyd's death changed that dramatically. And um, so we have seen a huge uh, uptick in outreach from employers saying enough is enough. We have to um, deal with what has been looming for quite some time. And it's not necessarily that they just have a focus on anti-Black racism or anti-racism in general. Um, they're focused on diversity and inclusion broadly. But the one thing that has changed, and I'm very happy about it, is that we are having a conversation about racism and specifically about anti-Black and anti-Indigenous racism. 
And that is a massive change from before May 25th, 2020. Um, I couldn't get an employer in this country to talk about anti-black racism if my life depended on it prior to that. So that has been a big shift. Our primary focus is around education. And so we do a lot of education on our charitable side. We have a consulting arm as well, but on the charitable side, it's around education. And we've seen a massive uptick in the usage of our uh, learning offerings, whether it's our webinars, our community of practice event, or in fact, our upcoming conference, which will happen in April and May, um, where, you know, on average, prior to COVID, we would have, you know, a couple hundred people on a webinar. And now that number on average is about 1,500 to 2,000. So there is a lot of um, yearning for knowledge and learning. People are really engaged, uh, which is really exciting. On the other side of our house, on the consulting side, uh, the work has, has changed, I would say, to be more strategic. In that prior to uh, COVID, prior to George Floyd's death, employers would call and say, oh, we think we need unconscious bias training. And they wouldn't know why. It would be sort of, well, I saw it on TV, and so we should have it. Um, and now there's a lot more strategic thinking. Uh, we're getting calls and, and doing a lot of work uh, around how do you align uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion to your overall operations, your general strategy, uh, to performance uh, beyond just people, which I think is a really important step. Um, to understanding it, uh, how you think as an organization, how you operate. And uh, that is a really positive outcome, I think, uh, we're seeing. Okay, so that's interesting. So you, you mentioned that towards the end there, it's beyond the people, it's about it's about uh, processes as well. Do, do, you, do you get into conversations around the technologies too, Michael? You sure. know, are, are, yeah. are, are there conversations that you have with folk around, you know, what potential inherent biases there might be with using certain technologies um you know there's a lot written at the moment around um how unbiased a certain types of ar ai are in the workplace right well ai is only as biased as the people that create it and sure. there's a bit of a famous case of amazon creating a an ai that was supposed to recruit engineers um better the best engineers that's going to recruit and what it did was recruited the best white male engineers um, and that is largely because the AI was created without any consideration for bias in the process. It, we absolutely talk about technology um, and about how, uh, I mean, first of all, the accessibility of technology, but how technology can play a role in the elimination of bias uh, in certain scenarios. I always have a bit of a caveat to a conversation around technology to say it is not the panacea. It is not our savior. There is no way to avoid dealing with the human condition um, except for dealing with the human condition. And I'm talking about bias. I'm talking about cultural competence. You know, we talk, everyone's big on things like name blind hiring right now, where you take a resume and you remove not just the name, but any indicator of, of where that person is from or anything that might bias the situation. So their university the companies they've worked for, the locations, et cetera. So you're just judging them based on the merits, at least in theory. And uh, as I say, that's great, absolutely. So you shortlist a group of candidates, 
Um, if I was black when I applied for the job, I promise you I'm still going to be black when I walk in for the interview. And if someone has bias against people who are black, that's a problem. So while technology is great, it is not the panacea and you have to focus on the problems of the human being first. Okay, thank you. I, I want to revisit uh, part of our discussion in the previous Q&A, if you don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was, so you guys, you, that was around the content that you guys create to, to, to help organizations. So yeah. the, the CCDI it produces a bunch of webinars and workshops and events, and you mentioned one happening in May, um, but you've got one happening before then, uh, hosted by uh, Michelle Hawkes called Addressing the Black Lives Matter Movement at Work. Can you share a little bit of info on on that particular course and any others like it and, and who, it, who it's right for? There are a lot of HR folk listening to this show today, perhaps. Uh, why, why would they want to learn more about those sorts of courses? Yeah, so that's part of our webinar series. And we do uh, at least two English webinars and usually one French webinar every single month, uh, focused on a really wide array of topics around diversity and inclusion. It, you know, it's bite-sized learning. It's one hour. 45-minute presentation with 15-minute for Q&A. Um, everyone by now hopefully is, is used to webinars. Um, and I, I like to say that, that it's the appetizer of learning. It's, it is a little bit of learning that helps get your brain thinking. Um, you may learn a thing or two, but it is just the beginning of your learning journey. Uh, it's sort of, you know, it's intended to light a spark, to stimulate you to the point of learning more, um, as opposed to thinking of that as a, uh, you know, you're going to learn everything you need in an hour. Um, that particular topic uh, that Michelle is delivering is around uh, somewhat of a challenging conversation for employers to tackle. And that is how do you deal with the Black Lives Matter movement uh, inside your workplaces? And when people think about Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the phrase or the hashtag, um, they tend to think about protests. Uh, I always think about the Toronto Pride Parade a few years ago where the Black Lives Matter group was the invited guests and they uh, protested in the middle of the parade, in fact, right in front of my office at College and Young. The, um, that, that's what people think about. So this is a conversation about how do you take that movement into the workplace? What is that going to look like? It is not intended to be activism, quote unquote, but at the same time, um, we need to start thinking about how those movements come into our workplaces in a productive way so that there are people that can call out employers on certain behavior and say, you know what, you need to rethink this. Um, so. We're, we're focusing on that, but all of our learning really does um, very much respond to the times. Um, we, the, the topics change on, a, on a, such a frequent basis. Um, we've done them on the intersection of, uh, of bias and cannabis. Um, as cannabis became legal, we do them on uh, unconscious bias. We've done them on cultural competence. Um, if I look uh, at our calendar for March, we've got a webinar on measuring uh, measuring diversity and inclusion. So how do you measure diversity and inclusion? Um, we've got one on myth busting uh, of the concept of reverse racism. Um, and we try to keep the topics uh, evolving over time. So we're not doing the same 
topic every year, uh, you know, at the same time. Um, and it's just good learning for not just HR and diversity and inclusion practitioners, but anybody in the organization uh, is able to benefit from this. And it, it very much is a, a at a level where people, anybody can attend. They don't have to have pre-existing knowledge. Uh, and they're open to anyone who works for one of CCDI's 400 employer partners free of charge, or people are able to sign up for a small fee. Okay, super. And just finally for today, Michael, how can our listeners connect with you? So whether that's through LinkedIn or email, maybe you're on TikTok or something. Um, and how can they learn? How can they learn more about the uh, Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion? Absolutely. Well, I'm not on TikTok, blessedly, but I am on every other social media platform. I am at Diversity Dude MB, my initials, Michael Bach. And uh, CCDI is at CCDI Social. And then also, if you're interested in learning more about CCDI, you can go to ccdi.ca. Okay. And don't forget, listeners, you can see Michael along with some other very clever people um, as part of a panel discussion on February 25th at the Community Builders in Crisis Summit. Uh, That session is called Leading Communities Through Crisis. And uh, I'll be one of the co-hosts so um, if you turn up you'll be able to see me and I may even brush my hair Um, but that just leads me to say for today Michael thank you very much for joining me on this episode yes thank you so much Bill for having me and listeners as always until next time happy working and please do continue to stay safe thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette